Welcome to the Lost LTs podcast, episode one, season one. My name is Nate Breezy. Today we're going to discuss Ranger School, how to be successful at one of the Army's toughest schools out there. But before we get started, I want to talk a little bit about... Heck yeah, boys. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about um, what we are and what we're doing here and kind of like our mission, our goal here. Um, we're sitting week three of iBullock, which is Infantry uh, Basic Officers Leaders course. We're all together talking the platoon and we realize, wow, we are a really diverse group of individuals. We come from a lot of different places. We're serving in different ways. And I kind of made a joke, like, we should make a podcast. We're really funny and this is cool. Um, but it, it actually ended up becoming something somewhat real as he realized a lot of military podcasts out there are awesome, uh, but they serve a certain pur- purpose. And they have a lot of guests on there with you know experience in elite military organizations and SEAL teams and this and that. But I think there's a lot to be said for individuals that are in high school or college and are trying to find out the best ways to serve, what it's like to serve, um, especially in early experiences of serving. So we hope that we can offer uh, a few words of advice. You know, we plan on talking a lot about commissioning sources in the future, um, things like National Guard, active duty, and all the, all the different methods of serving um, from both the enlisted and officer aspect, and then both different military branches as well. But like I mentioned earlier, this episode we're going to start with like a, a hot topic for what we're doing right now is as really, really young infantry officers is the word on the street is, is ranger school. So we try to, you know, have a few guys come on here that can help um, spread knowledge on how to be uh, successful at, at ranger school. So today we have our two guests of honor, Bennett Gerlinger and Joseph Schroer, uh, two of my fellow classmates who will be gra- graduating iBullock on Wednesday. So first of all, congrats, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks, um, Nate. You're welcome. But they're both have completed um, together. They have done uh, cyber school, ranger school, and combat dive school. So they're a great source of knowledge in discussing some of the Army's more competitive schools. So real quick, uh, Ben, in a couple minutes, can you kind of just tell us where you're coming from, what you're doing now, and what's next? Sure, man. Uh, thanks for having me on, Nate. Appreciate it. Uh, I grew up in Texas. I was born in North Carolina. moved around a little bit, but called Texas home. Uh, after high school, I went to West Point and commissioned as an MC officer in 2018. So uh, while I was there, I was able to knock out airborne school and had the opportunity to go to combat dive school as well. Uh, after graduating West Point, I was able to go to ranger school before going to Bullock. Um, fortunate enough to knock that out. And uh, yeah, now I'm about to graduate Bullock and head to Fort Campbell and be in the 101st. i uh, really excited to move out there and uh, start doing my job. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Ben, and thanks, like I said, thanks for being here. Without you guys, it would not be possible. Joe, real quick, who you are, what you're doing here, what's the next step? Yeah, sounds good. So I was born in Denver, Colorado, born and raised in Denver, Colorado. Ended up going out to the University of Kansas where I did ROTC. Um, while I was there, I was fortunate enough to do air, both air assault school and sapper school. And then I commissioned in... 2018 and came out and did similar to Ben did Ranger before iBullock and then went through iBullock about to graduate this Wednesday and after that hopefully go to airborne school and then head out to Hawaii with the 25th infantry division and start doing my job out there nice heck yeah um also want to do an introduction to a couple really key members to our podcast which you'll hear from every single episode 
without these guys, it wouldn't be possible. So big thanks to uh, one of my brother uh, and somebody that I've known for quite a long time, Brandon Cromwell. Brandon, can you just introduce yourself to the to the podcast, what you're doing right now, where you're from, stuff like that. What's going on, guys? Brandon Cromwell here, uh, South Jersey native, Army brat to the core, uh, West Point grad, graduated with these guys, um, became best friends with uh, Nathaniel Labrizzi, to hey. my right. Hey. Um, we were roommates at West Point as well. Um, I completed iBullock in February, so I've been uh, currently just training up to a uh, class up for Ranger School in, uh, in June, June 30th to be specific. Um, hopefully I'll be there for 62 days, but uh, I'm just happy to be here, happy to be a part of the podcast. Um, thanks to Nate, so it should be a good time. Awesome, thanks B. And uh, a guy that has been really selfless this whole time, without him this would not be possible, so Mason Higgins, um, guy that I met through iBullet, can you just say what's up real quick and What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Yeah, with, without Mason, our technician, we would not be able to put this information out to, to our listeners. So thank you, Mason. Um, before we get into the nitty-gritty, just want to remind everybody that um, anything that we say here is not represent the views of the United States Army or the Department of Defense. These are our personal opinions and only things that we can offer uh, with the best of our knowledge. But our intent is that we provide you guys with some insight into our experiences that can hopefully help prepare you for life in the military, ranger school, and more things to follow. Lastly, uh, as you as we kind of wrap up the episode later on, we would love for you guys as listeners to comment, ask questions, give us feedback so that we can A, improve um, your experience and give you guys what you need to be successful. So we're going to get into, real quick, I'm going to go over a a super short, uh, brief overview of the school, and then you can stop listening to my voice. I know it's pretty annoying. But the reason I want to do this right off the bat is that people have a big picture. Uh, but there's more details. There's tons of stuff online about the actual day-to-day structure and experience of a ranger student at ranger school. So I'm not going to go over it too long, but I want to give you guys a basis to work off of throughout our discussion, kind of like a, a reference point. So day zero, you report Sunday, um, handing in... Um, basically medical paperwork and processing, all of the kind of stuff um, that's that you started before the course. Um, there may be a couple surprises that come your way um, with a little PT in there as well, get you, get you warmed up to the course. Um, day, day one, technically, is starts with the RPA. Um, all events during RAP week, which is this preliminary ranger assessment phase, are uh, pretty much no-fail tasks. So they have retests and things like that. But if you don't pass, you don't pass rap week. And rap week is tends to be the, the biggest uh, kind of stopping point or the eliminator of, of candidates. Um, as I think if you pass, you have around like a 60 to 70% success rate after that, if that's true. What is, yeah, is it's that about 70, 70% once you pass yeah. rap week. So, And some of those big events are that knock guys out are, if I'm not mistaken, the RPA, the RUC and LANF and RTTs. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. yep. Okay. So day one starts with the RPA, which is a uh, five-mile run, push-ups, sit-ups, um, and pull-ups. Again, those standards are, are online. The combat water survival test or assessment, um, and then that day wraps up with combatives. The next day we have land nav assessment, which starts at night, ends mid-morning or early morning, and then the above SD obstacle course. 
Day four um, is a land nav retest for those that didn't fail. Obviously, something you want to avoid is it's a lot more mileage in your feet. You're already going to be doing a lot of standing during rap week. Mm-hmm. And then RTTs. The final day is a 12-mile ruck. Uh, three hours, 12 miles um, on their course um, with the standard weight. Real quick, and we're going to get into a lot more about rap week as we go forward, but real quick, Darby, three to four days of classroom instruction followed by one to two days of cadre-led patrols. Great opportunity there real quick to try to get your, your, your foot in the door, and, and I would highly recommend volunteering for that. Three days of FTX, one day rest, three days FTX. Uh, if you pass, you get a. Um, if you pass the phase, you get a pass on that Friday, and if not, you get a pass the next day. Recycle or move on the next phase. Next phase is mountains, one week of mountaineering, a uh, couple days of SOP development, um, which is like your standard operating procedures, classes on platoon tactics um, as you move from the squad level to platoon tact- tactics and mountains. Five day field exercise, one day rest, five day field exercise. Um, and then lastly, Florida phase, which is four to five days of instruction at most, then one 10 day field exercise. Now that kind of gives you guys a quick framework. I'm going to real quick, uh, as we go forward to start asking, asking our guests here, their experiences, and we'll kind of dig through all those phases in more detail. But first, if I'm not mistaken, both you guys went to Ranger school before I Bullock. Is that's true? Yes. Yep. How did you guys get selected for that program? How did that end up working out? Um, so coming from West Point, there's a, a tryout process. I think they started it four years ago, going before Bullock, I kind of December four. Um, so for my year, it was you'd show up, you do a like an RPA, um, you get graded on that, and they take down your scores, and then you do a 12 mile ruck march for time um, with it was about 45 pounds, <clears throat> and so they kind of rack you and stack you based on that. And I think you, we also had a written test as well that went into it a little bit. But the, the biggest deciding factor of the, the order of merit list was the RPA in the, in the 12 mile ruck. And then from there, they send you, after you graduate, to a pre ranger course called RTAC, which is the National Guard's pre ranger course. Um, and so you pass that, and then you show up at ranger school and hope for the best. <laughs> Joe, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> Don't say anything. Joe, continue. <laughs> How did you get selected for the Ranger? Yeah. Um, so coming from ROTC, it was a little different. Uh, around February of my senior year before I commissioned, the our lieutenant colonel in charge of our program came down and said that there was the opportunity to um, apply to go to Ranger School before Bullock. So I decided that I would give it a shot. I put in my scores. I think we submitted like 12-miler rpa events so push-ups sit-ups pull-ups and then like gpa and stuff like that and other things that they use to build an order of merit list um, across each brigade in rotc and i was lucky enough to be able to win one of the spots after i graduated and commissioned i went to fort knox for a month from late may to late june uh, did some train up there including just land nav, 12-mile ruck, RPA, stuff like that, um, all the normal kind of ranger train-up stuff, and then ended up coming down to Fort Benning and ended up going into ranger school from there. Awesome. Um, Although, sorry, I will say that I don't know if it's something that they're continuing for the ROTC route. Okay. Um, 
just because I know that the success rate hasn't been where they would like it in the past. I know the year before us, they didn't have anybody graduate from the pre-Bullock Ranger route. My year group was a little more successful. We had nine out of 20 graduates. So in the future, not sure if it's an option that'll be there, but just something to be aware of. So when you talk failure um, or like non-success, the the graduation rates, how do you fail at Ranger School? Um... So looking at rap week, the events that you kind of talk about, there's certain events during rap week that are no fail tasks, no fail tasks. And those are the RPA, any event on the RPA, push-ups, sit-ups, the pull-ups or the five mile. If you fail any of those, you're going to get sent away from ranger school. After that, the CWSA, the CWSA, if you fail, you'll get pushed out, um, land nav, so if you fail land nav the first time, you'll get to do the retest. But if you fail the retest also, you'll fail. And then the 12-mile ruck march. Am I forgetting anything for rap week? <coughs> um, uh, packing list. But that's, yeah. Oh, yeah, true. You have to, you have to yeah. bring everything. That's required for you to bring in the packing list. Yeah. The packing list, literally, if it says to jump through five flaming hoops on the packing list, do it. Like, it just bring everything that's on the packing list. No, no questions asked. Um, and then after... Or after wrap week, then it basically comes down to patrols, spots, and peers through all three phases. What the heck does that mean? What what is it like? So what do you mean, Ben? What do you mean passing patrols? What what is that? So you'll get selected to lead a patrol as either in Derby, for instance, a squad leader or an alpha or Bravo team leader, and you're assessed on how well you are able to complete the mission, and they grade you on a whole bunch of patrolling tasks. And so you can mess up something small and get no-go in that particular task, and then that will affect your entire patrol grade. So if you go certain no-goes on your task, that will lead to you failing the whole patrol. Um, of note, it's, it's fairly common to fail a patrol in ranger school. So don't beat yourself up over it if you do. Uh, just keep driving on. And then other than that you can, at the end of Derby, you do a peer assessment. So you rack and stack everyone who's in your squad, one through 12 through 16, however many people you have in the squad. And you have to score above a certain percentage uh, on those peers. So if everyone relates, rates you really low in your squad, then you will go before a board and potentially recycle because of your peers. Also on the peer um, report, peer reviews, they are, you have to answer questions about everyone saying, would you go to combat with them? Would you share a foxhole with them as well? And then you write comments about their performance throughout the phase. And then lastly, real quick, spot spot reports. So spot reports basically are kind of negative demerits or basically if you mess something up during the course and an RI notices, that is not a droppable offense. So I say you fall asleep on patrol or something like that, something that they're not going to drop you from the course front for, they'll give you a negative spot report. And basically what happens is if you accumulate enough negative spot reports, that can lead to you recycling or potentially getting dropped from the course. Now, I know you guys are two like impeccable, perfect soldiers, but (laughs) did you guys get any (laughs) spot reports? Oh, yeah. Um, I personally got spot reports during... The Darby Queen obstacle course. So you'll do the Darby Queen when you, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, keep continue. Um, being short doesn't lend well to that obstacle course. Okay, it's, it's <laughs> a high thing. Nice. Now I got but, a spot report too on the Darby Queen. Yeah. I let my feet touch the mat 
on like the second. You do always tell people don't let your feet touch. Don't let your feet touch. Ben always like. Hey man, you got any tips for in school? Don't let your feet touch the mat. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> now I get it. Okay, continue. Right? Yeah, um, after you do the obstacle, you have to like land on your back and kind of roll off without your feet touching it. It's just one of those. There's a lot of things in range school that. Was that the, was that the like first that. time you ever failed in life? <laughs> no, no, man, I failed. Failed definitely. Failed I'm kidding, early kidding. on more than that. That's actually a really good tip, though. Yeah. Um, any other spot reports for you, Ben? Or that was it, man. Based. Um, I got, and then I got one in Florida because this is actually kind of an interesting story. So you have to have, like, it makes sense. You're simulating a combat scenario. Um, you have to have your weapon loaded at all times. The thing is, is when you're in ranger school, you're just constantly swapping around weapons. You're like reloading, oh, yeah. reloading mags, like stuff. It's and you're tired and sleep deprived and hungry and not paying attention. So it's pretty easy to like lose track of something or forget to rechamber around when you reload a mag or something like that. So I was just sitting pulling security one day in Florida and the RIs just coming around doing like his sweep, like checking the patrol base perimeter. And one of the RIs tells me, all right, comes around. He says, lock your bolt to the rear. So I lock my bolt to the rear. The round I have in the chamber pops out and he just checks my weapon, sees that I cleaned it, whatever. So he hands it back to me. I put the mag back in and, um, but I forget to put another round in the chamber. So not five minutes later, another RI comes around. He's like, all right, pull your charging handle to the rear. I pull my charging handle to the rear and there's nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that's a major major no-go. So I got a spot report for that in Florida too. Because nice. the RIs apparently targeted my leg at the patrol base. But Dead man's gun, man. Which is, yeah. yeah. Well, a couple things on that. One, in, in Florida, when you start getting spots that are popping up, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go to <laughs> register school for spots at the last day? Um, I remember like on day nine of the text. Not a bad day, and I got a couple spots. But can you talk real quick with like thirty seconds or less? Andy's ghost loading rounds. Can you, what, can you just talk about what that is if you've ever done it? Yeah. So if you if you have a negligent discharge or an ND in your school, that's grounds for recycle. You will most definitely recycle the phase if you accidentally shoot a round off when you're not supposed to. It's kind of easy to do because people are tired, hungry, not paying attention, whatever. Accidentally pull triggered, don't have the weapon on safe. Um, ghost loading yeah, applies to the belt fed machine and so 249 I've never heard of this and the uh, in a 240 so sometimes people are a little little jumpy about their weapons going off or especially with the, <coughs> the open bolt weapons so they load the round off the feed tray and so they load it to the left of it and so if the bolt were to somehow ride forward and you know, shoot, it wouldn't take around with it into the chamber and fire off. So it would not lead to an ND if you if you ghost load. Sometimes RIs will check for that though. So be careful doing that. Basically what it does is it makes it look like your belt fed machine gun is loaded without actually loading it. Jesus. So it's a it's a Did you ever do it? Cal I did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did it. Heck yeah, I did it. I was like, I got my go and I'm not putting around this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, major minus recycle. Yep. Take your risk. Because um, you do hear a lot of people like, oh, you ND? They're like, yeah, man, I, I bumped into my gun somehow. <laughs> there, it go, there it goes. Banged it against a tree. Yeah, I hate it when that happens. Um, so both of you guys, we're going to talk kind of the beginning. What is, or what do you remember being the most challenging part of Rap Week? For you specifically. Honestly, for me, it was... <laughs> Rap Week has a bunch of events that are kind of high intensity, but those only take up a short amount of time during Rap Week. So a lot of Rap Week 
you're just going to be standing up uh, in like a gravel pit on the rocks, just standing there waiting for instruction, reading your handbook. So you get pretty tired just standing there for hours and hours on end. So that was, and it's kind of a mental thing too. You're just like, I keep standing here and keep standing here for many more hours. I have to wait for the RI to come out and tell me I can eat an MRE and, and go to bed. So that kind of drug on as like an overall rap week suck thing. For the events specifically, um, I don't know if there's really an event in particular that's that hard on its own. I think the cumulative effect of rap week can be difficult. That's what makes it hard is, is you're there and you do all these events back to back to back and you're getting smoked or you're doing PT sessions in between. So the cumulative effect of it can can come back to bite you. So by the end of the week, you're doing your 12-mile ruck, and that'll get a lot of people who normally pass their 12-mile. But by the end of the week, they're so tired just from all the other events, that can lead to failure. Yep. Do you have to carry a weapon? Yeah, so you'll carry a rubber duck, okay. which yeah, is right. just rubber, or like if you don't know, rubber mm-hmm. and simulate. It's rubber and like an actual barrel that they use to simulate carrying an M4 or M16, so that way they don't have to issue out actual M4s and M16s when you're not shooting. So the 12 mile now is, is gated, right? Yeah, it's a gated event. So if you fail the 12 mile, you won't advance to Darby. Okay. okay. But um, I would overall agree with Ben. I think that's a pretty good assessment. I think that Rap Week, in general, it's more the, there's not one single event that's super hard. It's more the cumulative effect of everything. So... It's not necessarily that the RPA is hard. I think a lot of people get honestly psyched out for it. Yeah. Um, they hear all the stories about Ranger push-ups and the fact that the RIs are 48 club people and you'll never pass and that you're smoked for the five-miler from the layout and stuff and people psych themselves out. And so I would just say I would agree with everything Ben said. And then for rap week, just stay mentally checked in. And that's the, the biggest thing that can kind of push you through it stay mentally checked in and take it one event at a time do you want to address push-ups i mean i think push-ups is what the biggest failing event of ranger school i think it is and basically the standard is do 49 push-ups to the 100 percent correct army standard uh in ranger school they grade exactly to that standard so you have to do 49 perfect army standard push-ups um, and you want to give the ri no excuse to not count one of your push-ups. So go all the way down, all the way up, lock out, and throw in like a little bit of a pause, and then go back down and do your next your next push-up. I think that was the the biggest learning factor for me personally was I was having most for the most part full range of motion push-ups, but the motion of each push-up was not clearly deliberate and separate movements. So having a half second or a quarter second pause at the top demonstrates this is one complete push-up versus uh, rushing a bunch together and, and making use like uh, making use of momentum. Real quick, before we move on to the next question, um, what was the most unexpected part of Route Week for you guys? What, did you ever think, well, this is not what I thought it would be? If so, in what case was that? Um, for me, I think the thing is, is so... You spend a lot of time during rap week, and Ben kind of mentioned this earlier, you spend a lot of time during rap week kind of on your own, actually, because you'll be out there. The events only take a certain amount of time, and there's only a few events that you actually do during rap week. So there's a lot of time just spent out on the rocks. When I showed up, I know I personally expected the RIs to just be there all the time. 
and just be in your face and constantly around you and all that stuff. But in reality, you spend a lot of time just standing on the rocks just with your classmates. And then occasionally you'll see an RI poke their heads out of the poke their heads out of their like door where they hang out, see if everybody's doing what they're supposed to be, and then poke their heads back in. And so for me, that was probably the most unexpected part of Rap Week is actually you spend a decent amount of time alone as opposed to constantly surrounded by mm-hmm. people. Yeah, Joe, I'd, I'd agree with that. Definitely standing up there for hours on end wears away at you and your feet get tired and sore. So <laughs> a little pro tip, what I like to do or try to do is whenever you would have the opportunity to go to the bathroom like run in the barracks, they'd be like, yeah, 10 minutes, everyone to go to the bathroom. I would run into the, the little barracks use the bathroom or even if I didn't have to go in the barracks and I would lay on my back and elevate my feet Mm -hmm. just up on a bed or a locker for five minutes or however long I could just to help with some of that like swelling and and pain in your in your feet that's smart um so coming from another standpoint I'm talking about uh phases um what do you think for both you guys what was the toughest phase and in all those phases, did you uh, recycle any of those phases? And could you talk about that as well? Yeah, so I, um, I guess I'll start off. I recycled Darby phase, the first phase, okay. due to patrols. And I would say that Darby phase is probably the most mentally challenging because it's the most nitpicky in terms of patrols. You have to do patrols 100% by the book, the way you get taught, the way the RIs want to see it. So mentally, Darby was probably the toughest, and percentage-wise, if you pass Darby, you have what an eighty-two. It's like a ninety, almost a ninety. Yeah, almost percent like a very high percent chance of like passing the entire course. So you get past Darby, and you're pretty much good. But physically, I'd say mountains was definitely the hardest. You're you have very heavy rucksacks on, and you are walking on some not so nice terrain. <laughs> pretty unforgiving. I think when I stepped off for my second FTX in mountains, they weighed us and slick without my gear on, just wearing boots, fatigues, and you know stuff in my pocket notebooks. I weighed 179 pounds, and then with all of my gear on for patrol, and I think I didn't have my water quite filled, so there's a couple extra pounds in there, but with all my stuff on for patrol, weapon, rucksack, vest, helmet, I weighed... Um, 300 and or no 290 295 pounds i think so it ended up being like 126 pounds on my on my back or 126 pounds of gear i remember talking to people who were in your mountains and i think they said that the heaviest ruck or combat load that they saw was about 136 pounds yeah, if you're like the RT, yeah. if you're like the radio, the you have to carry the radio and or the, uh, the, the saw gunner. The lightest one they saw, the lightest one they saw, I think, was like upper 90s or like low hundreds. Mm-hmm. That dude's suspect. <laughs> yeah. He didn't <laughs> take his it, tab. He didn't have his water all the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he cut his arm off. <laughs> the mountains was for me the physically the hardest. It was also the most miserable with weather and and cold too. Ben had a rough mountains. <laughs> I was like, because you get to mountains and, they, and the sergeant major's like, LOM, not a thing. You're not quitting. LOM is lack of motivation. And the LOM's like, my mom's like, we got a letter from Ben. Like four guys LOM the first hour. I'm like, oh my, what is going <laughs> yeah, on in the mountains the first, right now? It was the first day of patrols within the first mission. We had two guys mm-hmm. quitting. And then by the end of the week, I think four guys from my platoon 
ended up throwing in the towel. But uh, it was not fun. Joe, did you answer this question yet? No. So I recycled Darby in Florida. And in general, I would agree with Ben. I think Darby's kind of the hardest phase mentally because you have to do exactly what they say. Like literally to a T, exactly the class they teach, do that on the patrol. And the thing is, is that goes against a lot of like common sense stuff that you would normally do out there. And if you haven't been out on patrol or if you're relatively young, it'll make more sense when you get out there. But like whether it's saving time by skipping a step or something like that, normally common sense would dictate that dictate that that could make sense. But in Darby, you just don't do it. Mm-hmm. You do exactly what they say, no matter what time frame you're looking at, you're looking at, or what the mission kind of situation dictates. And then mountains was for me as well, definitely the hardest physically. Um, by the end of the first FTX, you're beat down because you've already gone through Darby and then you've rolled straight into mountains. And by the end of that second FTX, you're really tired. And then Florida's not the toughest for really mentally or physically or anything like that because everything's relatively flat, but you're really run down by that point. You've gone through Darby mountains and by the time you're hitting Florida, your body's beat up and you're really tired. But um yeah, in general, I agree with that. And you're kind of sure. stressed out because yeah. you're like, I am almost there. I am almost there. Please, God, let me get it. Let me pass my patrol and, mm-hmm. and get through this thing. So, um, assuming you guys, when, I mean, I know you pretty well. So, you guys recycled. What was the worst part about that? What was um, that like? I'd say for, day on a recycle. for me, recycling Darby was, was pretty rough because it's like the first phase. And it's like, damn, I just failed the first phase. I really want to get my foot in the door in the school. Um, Darby recycles can be kind of rough because you are, you have a much more regimented lifestyle when you recycle. So I I had a two week recycle, which means I stayed on Camp Rogers for two weeks until the next class started up and I was able to insert into the next class. Um, but you have a very regimented lifestyle. It's kind of like prison if you recycle Darby. Um, but luckily I recycled with a bunch of my friends who were able to hang out and, and strategize for the next phase and make, make products. Yeah. Um, Darby's not a fun recycle, honestly, because using a metaphor, you're kind of close to the flagpole there. And so you don't have much freedom on your recycle. So pretty like Ben said, you're kind of in prison. Um, I recycled Florida as well, so I can't really speak to the mountains recycle, but Florida recycle, it's really tough mentally because you see the people who have graduated and the people that you've just gone through Darby mountains, Florida with moving on to graduate and you're still stuck there to go through it again. But also it's not the worst phase to recycle. You have a lot of freedom. You have, um, the RIs are there to help you. They'll counsel you and give you classes and stuff to help you move forward. Um, cause they want you to succeed, especially if, um, especially when you recycle and you're spending the extra time there. So did you guys go into Ranger school with the expectation of going straight through recycling or when you did, when you did find out that you were going to recycle, what was kind of your first thought? Um, what were you, what was the mindset of Joe and Ben as, as you realized, dang, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to recycle. Was that pretty, pretty devastating, pretty tough? Um, for me specifically in Darby, or going into the school, I guess I went in expecting to go straight through fully expecting to go straight through. Cause I felt I was prepared for it, but prepared to recycle if that kind of makes sense. 
So you go in with the intention of going straight through because going in with the intention to recycle is going in with a mindset for failure, Mm -hmm. but you have to be prepared to recycle because statistically the majority of the people who go through the course and the majority of the people who end up graduating will recycle at some point during the course. Um, So go in with the mentality of expecting to go straight through, but prepared to recycle. And then when you find out you're recycling, I think it honestly depends on your mentality. Like it sucks. It sucks to go from day 19 in the course back to day four when you recycle Darby. That is, that's a, a, it's a real kick in the knockers. (laughs) Let me tell you. That is a horrible. (laughs) Yeah. I know you guys, like you're working your, your butt off for the, it's not like, you know, oh, that's, Mm. I think I went in. Honestly, I went in like, let's do this, man. We go straight through. Let's let's rock and roll, baby. Um, I didn't really think about recycling, and I I think that was a fault because I should have maybe planned not not planned for it. But if this happens, hey, I'm okay with it. Because when I did recycle, when I did get my second nugget on my patrols and Darby, I was like, this sucks. This is a low point. It was one of the worst days of my life. Not oh, a fun you time. You were devastating. Yeah, you saw me on the, on the recycle. The I house, was not having a good time. Super skinny, just laying on the bed. He looked like a corpse, though. He has, he's had his hands crossed and he's like racked out. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, this is Saturday, so I already knew yeah. he recycled. I'm like, <clears throat> hug his mom and I'd come <laughs> And I couldn't even find him because he was absolutely quiet. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Luckily, I, I recycled not, with a bunch of my buddies in my company you know i'm not big on percentages every class is different every company is different but i had 90 people 96 people in my company and 20 people 23 people moved on the mounds or 29 people moved on the mounds it yeah but you could have been one of those 23 <laughs> right, you're right i should have no i'm Absolutely. totally kidding. no it's I, yeah i think I everyone everyone knows that sometimes there's so many uncontrollables right um and we'll talk about that more later but i think it's a really good point both of you guys bring in and probably, I guess, a good lesson about life from Ranger School is you guys both like totally expected to dominate, to win, to excel. But knowing in the back of your head that failure is very real and sometimes that that happens. And if it does, how to cope with that mentally. So for people that are going, I think from what you guys are saying is be ready to crush it. Like you plan on going straight through. But if something you know goes differently, don't let it make you crumble. Yep. Is be, that, yeah. be flexible. Heck yeah. Be willing, because I think the people, the difference between people who killed it on their next recycle versus kind of crumbled underneath the pressure of recycling or this being your last chance because now you've already recycled the phase one, so you have to go back. I think the difference between the people who killed it and were an asset to their team versus the people who crumbled under the pressure was their mentality going into the recycle. Mm-hmm. I will say I have seen some of the most squared away, like studly guys recycle a phase and some people who may not have been the hottest in the squad or platoon move on to the next phase. So keep that in mind. Sometimes we're in school, things happen that are out of control and it just happened and that's the way it goes. And you got to deal with it and drive on to the next phase or next, next patrol. So aside from the idea of recycling, things like that, I think another thing that, you know, you guys have already talked about, which is LOM, you know, life and motivation, things of that nature. What was, you know, what was your why? When it came down to, you know, super cold, you know, you're soaked, you're wet, you know, you have a heavy ass ruck on, upwards, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole nine. Um, What was the thing that kept you from, 
you know, from quitting? You know, when you got to your, the closest point, you were on edge, you know, what was your why? What was the reason that you kept going? That's a good question, Brandon. Um, honestly, you have to, when you're going to the school, you have to understand at the base level why you want to go to the school because you're there for a reason, whether that's, whether you're like in Ranger Bat and you have to get this tab to literally stop getting hazed because your life sucks. <laughs> or, or, Sorry, or, we're not laughing at you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Love my bad boys. Or, you got me my go. Yeah. Or because you're an infantry PL and your life will suck if you don't get it. Um, like regardless of the reason why you're there, you have to like you have to have your reason that for it and accept it wholeheartedly. And then on top of that, you have to just make quitting not an option. I mean, there was so like there's there's times in this like the school sucks. The school is designed to suck. Yeah. So the th- like there's points during the school where any normal person would quit because you're tired, you're hungry, you're cold, you're wet, you're underneath 130 some pounds of equipment. Mm-hmm. Like no sane person would go through that. But <laughs> you, you have, have to untie and retie down this piece of equipment again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like just ridiculous Lost feeling on my fingertips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just ridiculous stuff that no person would come up with or like put up with in any normal situation. But you just have to make it so that your why, the reason why you're at the school is strong enough so that quitting is not an option. Like no matter how tired, no matter how cold, no matter how hungry you are, you just can't quit. Like it's just literally not an option. Yeah. I will say I think I went into the school with a lot of different motivating factors and – Physiologically, for me, there's a certain point of no food and no sleep where I I, I, might, I legitimately just kind of crumble. And I remember thinking, like, I really don't know why I'm here. Uh, but I, all I know is that I really can't quit. I can't face the people that have got me here, that have pushed me, my mentors, my family, my peers. So, like you are saying, I think that is one of the biggest things. Is, is this, like, the not quit factor? Um, I think Ranger School kind of develops two, two things, two buttons. The I can never quit button and the F it button. Like, <laughs> there's definitely a point where I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Hit the F it button. Boom. And then, oops, sorry, too loud. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's like kind of two things that you'll you'll kind of develop yeah. as you guys get there is that I really can't quit button, hitting that like all the time. And then the, the send it. The send it. Like, it. I don't really know if this is going to work, but also, also the it'll buff button. It'll buff. Yeah, the it'll buff button. <laughs> we'll figure it out en route. Straight up. <laughs> But Ben or Joe continue. Yeah, then I think Ben. Wants yeah, to I it. just have one comment. The other thing, the other motivating factor was at least for officer side of the house, and probably honestly, bad boy side of the house too, because honestly, we're kind of similar. Is I knew you know going into the school that if you fail the school, you're probably going to have to go back. I really didn't want to go back. That's a really good point. Absolutely, I don't want to walk up this hill again. 100%. Yeah. Um. As far as my why. You know, I guess growing up, kind of a funny little story. Yeah. Uh, growing up, my dad used to tell me, you know, you can always get bigger than me, but you'll never be tougher than me unless you go to ranger school. <laughs> so maybe maybe that was subliminal, like, motivation saying, you need to go to ranger school, be a man. So, no. Um, my family is very supportive throughout the whole thing, and I think not wanting to let them down was definitely a factor. And then for me and myself... Being an infantry officer, you you really should have Ranger Tab for your job. I'm not saying you can't be successful without it, but it's something that 
kind of gets your foot in the door when you start out as an infantry leader. Um, it is good to have your your ranger tab, and chances are, if you go to like a a unit like the A second hundred first without it, they'll they'll send you back to get. It. So I did not want to go back again, and I did not want to go back again after Bullock because most people go after the infantry officer basic course. So I wanted to knock it out right then and there, and then as far as other why reasons, I think it's good to push your limits and see kind of where your breaking point is. And Ranger School will push you to your limits, and I like got that out of the course. And so I definitely, I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed being in the suck, but it was kind of like an eye-opening experience to be in the suck and also realizing I had it in myself to push on and like lead, you know, a mission or, you know, be a good Ranger buddy for my friend being tired, hungry not wanting to put up with any of the BS kind of things. So I think that those were all kind of my why. Okay. Of course. Awesome. I think those are like some super awesome tips for, tips for success, uh, Ben. Thank you. I think uh, we'll hit one more question here on the, on the kind of the general topic before we, we, we break and, and pause for, for the next uh, part two of this episode. But we talk a lot about your guys' mental, um, kind of your fortitude, what your mindset was like during the during the experience but obviously there's a necessary aspect of mental prep beforehand can either either you guys kind of speak to how you a kind of dealt with the anxiety beforehand of the buildup of i have to have this thing kind of weighing on me it's kind of a burden i have to get it done Um, and then how did you prepare yourself mentally Um, obviously there's a physical aspect to that but how did you prepare yourself mentally um for me personally Ranger school was something that was more like I was more nervous for it the farther out I was from it than when I actually showed up on day zero. And the reason for that is for me, at least kind of rooted in the preparation when you're looking at Ranger school from kind of the far off, like bird's eye view, it's this big, scary thing that like the peak the epitome of the army, like it's the one percent of the one percent, whatever, whatever you want to say about that's it. Exactly, that's that's exactly what it looks like. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like from the bird's eye view. And so when you're looking at it from far away, it's scary, like legitimately. But when you start preparing for it, you start actually looking at the events um, that you have to pass, whether that is RTTs, the Ranger Training Test, the CWSA, the Twelve Mile Ruck. When you actually start to break the school down and look at the events that you have to pass and start preparing for those events. For me personally, that took a lot of the nerves away from it. Mm -hmm. So the mental preparation kind of came in the technical preparation for the course. So preparing individually for all the events that you had to pass. And so that way, when I showed up on day zero, there was no doubt in my mind that I wasn't prepared for anything that they were going to throw at me, whether it was physical, whether it was technical, as in like the weapon systems or op orders or whatnot, there wasn't any doubt in my mind that I would be able to pass it. It's like the more <laughs> fundamentally sound you are, the more you feel comfortable in what you're about to do. I feel like that, that applies to almost everything that we do when it comes to technical stuff, when it comes to you know, preparing for WPR at West Point, when, when it comes to perfecting your three-point or your free throw <laughs> playing basketball. Like, yeah. who's going to shoot this free throw? Like, if you've done it a thousand <clears throat> times, you feel comfortable knocking it down. You know what I mean? 
Joey, I'd say that's a very logical approach, but I do remember getting pretty nervous like the night before. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I was nervous and like leading up to it, the closer I got, I was maybe getting a little bit, had some nerves, but honestly, I wouldn't say the nerves were a bad thing because it kind of helped me um, focus in even harder on what it is I wanted to do. So what was it, six weeks out I, or four weeks out, I started cutting caffeine and lowering that and, and working out and being more deliberate in my lifestyle and, and things that I was doing. Um, yeah, way out, it does look like a big monster you got to tackle. And then as you practice the RTTs and the events and you start pegging yourself physically, you're like, hey, I can do this. You definitely gain more confidence. And then going to RTAC, like the pre-ranger course, gave after we finished that successfully, that definitely gave me more confidence in going to the range school itself. Yeah. No, that's something I think that is a good point. Um, there's a lot of small things to prep too that a lot of people I don't maybe don't necessarily think about or don't necessarily think about till it's too close. Especially in today's world, like there's a lot of supplements and different like I mean I don't know caffeine, alcohol. People are like constantly putting stuff into their bodies that is not that's not going to be available to you at a place like Ranger School. So preparing your body for those little adjustments I think is actually pretty key. Um, weaning off the caffeine so that way you don't crash when you're during rap week like you're drinking monsters or bangs or whatever whatever your energy drink of choices all the way up until rap week and then all of a sudden you're cut off and you're asleep on the rocks because your body doesn't have the caffeine it's used caffeine to caffeine headaches too man yeah <laughs> Heck yeah so like just those small things like think about this like or whether it's supplements caffeine alcohol, tobacco, whatever, like your vice of choices, like think about those things before you go to a place where you're going to be completely and utterly taken away from it. And honestly, our tack, the, uh, like Ben mentioned is a good, at least was good for us because that basically gave us a two week buffer. Some good cleansing. Things. Yeah. <laughs> two week <Awesome>. cleanse. <laughs> two week cleanse. Um, yeah, that was, that was a fun experience. Well, thanks guys. I think this is a good uh, spot for us to pause for the episode part one of Ranger School. Please uh, stay tuned for part two. We're going to talk things about physical preparation, which I know is a big topic, and other practical sources like packing list tips, and maybe even talk about some myths like golden walks. Some more nitty gritty. Yeah. Really dive into some, the nitty gritty. Yeah, then we'll get some ridiculous stories and hopefully end with some good, some good takeaways. Um, so Joe, Ben, Mason. Brandon? No idea that one survived. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here, boys. Yeah. Yeah, uh, thanks, Nate. Please comment, uh, subscribe. I don't even know what we're going to put this out on, but let us know how it is. Appreciate you guys. Um, have a good one.